How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I clocked at it like two and a half seconds, Mark. <laughs> That's awesome. We can keep going with this. We really do have quite a topic to talk about tonight. Yes, and um, I'm wondering what the age-appropriate audience would be tonight because we're not going to be able to be edited and there might be some words that come out in this discussion that we do need to be cautious because folks we are talking about thing that is on everyone's mind has been on people's minds for so long and they have been afraid to talk about it and now it's on every channel of your television and every magazine and every article on the internet the floodgates have opened the Weinstein effect. The Weinstein effect. And here it is, sexual harassment. My people in my office, my team, uh, we got together to talk about this a little bit, to try to do a little bit of research. And they told me that Weinstein is now a verb. Oh, my God. What does that mean? You've been Weinstein. You, oh, my goodness. Did he Weinstein you? Oh. Brutal. It is. It, 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 it is. So, so what else did, did your, your team talk about? Well, it, we talked about just the, the massive right. amount of people who have been brought out in this scandal, if you will. What do you, what do you mean? And why out the names, just one the after names. another, yeah. right? So yep. we started out with Ronan Farrow, right? So he started the investigation on Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we all know where that went. He, he he tried to bring it to his his employer. They didn't want to publish his story, so he brought it to the New Yorker, I believe. And from there, the floodgates <clears throat> opened. Yep. People felt empowered to tell their stories, and name after name after name within a short period of time. I mean, we're talking about under thirty days. But but you know why now? I mean, think I about. So I think about Clarence Thomas. Yeah. Right? I mean, that there was an opportunity for people also. You know, if, if folks don't remember, you know, there was a, an accusation against a person who's now a Supreme Court justice mm-hmm. that he had been sexually inappropriate uh, with a young woman. What happened? Why now? Why now? Why not then? Why right? not then? Right. That's a great question. I mean, I, I think it, it's a tipping point, right? We're at that point, and it was right time, right place, for whatever reason, now was the time. And I think it's going to be really interesting moving forward from this for a number of reasons, right? Because what was arguably, I mean, I dare say the norm in some industries, the quiet, scandalous norm Mm -hmm. that people knew about and turned the cheek about, but also just the straight social interaction between man and woman will be forever changed, I think. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we can't really confine it to right. men and women. I mean, p- power differential, people harassing people in this way. You know, I'm not sure we should we can really call it the norm. Because that that has been the concern. A lot of times what I find in psychiatry is somebody will find something is familiar. And it's so familiar, but that doesn't make it comfortable. 
Right. And that's a really important distinction. It's familiar, but not comfortable. Right. Well, it's the everyone else is doing it mentality, right? So if, if people think that it's okay, <clears throat> then it becomes okay. Right. Very similar. And I was speaking to my office about this because full circle being in the real estate industry back in 2003 to 2005 and six, when there was all these toxic subprime mortgages that we stayed away from, we said, you know, we're no, we're not going to do closings for those. They're just not right. It's very wow. similar analogy that people were, well, everyone else is doing it. It's okay. These banks are offering these people these loans, but in reality, it wasn't okay. We knew that, but and then it came out clearly, you know, in 07, 08, 09. But but how did you have that prescience? How did how did you know that? Even though other people are doing it, this is not a good I, thing. I think it's it's very similar to the to the scenario for those innocent folks in Hollywood, in politics, and in all these other industries that are being exposed for the corruptive behaviors with these harassers, these predators, if you will. Those people who knew that that was wrong, you some people just know. I mean, we knew that lending money to people who were virtually homeless yeah. was not okay. And not, not a good fiscally viable plan right. that was going to have a really good outcome right. later on. W- knowing there's, there's fraud and there's other misuse of funds and paperwork and all of what went on, it just didn't feel right. Even right. though the banks were approving it and saying, no, no, this is right. This is what we want. They don't have a job. They don't have any income they don't have any assets but we're going to lend them money it it wasn't right and the folks that were slinging the loans were you know one step away from criminals anyhow so that made it pretty easy to know that there was something fundamentally wrong with the system at that time but but wasn't the motivation there and and we're going to come back to the sexual harassment part but wasn't the motivation let's let's give people an opportunity to own a home to have a place to call their own, to have a shelter where they can then reach, you know, at that point, the American dream, have a place to live, and then they will take care of it. They will have a motivation to earn money, to pay off their mortgages. I mean, I think... It motiv- started out right, that, that way. Right, that was that was the, the initial intent. Right. Uh, so in that way, I, I, I'm not so sure that we can make a very clear analogy. No, I, I guess no. The analogy that I'm I'm suggesting is the the well, everybody else is doing it. Right, everyone else is. Doing so it. then, I guess it's okay. It's the norm in our industry. I mean, the casting couch. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. I mean, everybody has heard that term, the casting couch. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it means that you know when you're going in for that casting interview that there's a potential of of somebody who's going to usurp their power and and potentially harass you in a sexual way. Well, not usurp their power to to use their power right. to usurp it is to say, you know, I'm I'm not going to be using it. So somebody else is absolutely going to say, you know what? If you want this job, you have to. This is the job, right? Right. The job. Yeah, we're on we're on the air, Mark. <laughs> All right. Uh, by the so, way, I, I know we, should, we I shouldn't really be saying this, but you, if if you could see my co-host right now, you would see his 
his tribute to what's it Movember? Movember. Movember, which is a lovely mustache that you're saying you're saying it's it's gone by the end of tonight. Okay, so yeah, I feel very awkward with this mustache actually. Yeah, and of course I've you know I am I am fully fully bearded and right. mustached. And there was one time I shaved my 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 wife Carol once said you know what do you look like without a mustache? So I shaved it off and she said I like you better with a mustache. Yeah, I know you're listening out there in Chicago. Carol's in Chicago tonight. I know she's listening. It is true that one's that one's true. What what is even the definition? of sexual harassment. At what point does it cross the line from saying to somebody, you know, you look great today. Right. You know, to to saying uh, some some subtext, something undercurrent there that that you really are implying and somebody else is feeling incredibly uncomfortable and awkward about that. So that that's that's what we And is it subjective or objective, right? Well, that's that's what people are going to be talking about. I, I mean, think it's I think the definition is going to be uh, laid out very shortly. Well, I hope so, and I, and I hope you know that our legislators are thinking about this because, unfortunately, they certainly have not been immunized just because you know they're in the legislature. There isn't a single place where you can be immunized from this. And Mark, you know, as as, as a lawyer, I mean, it's it's isn't it going to come down at some point to to some legal definition? I think it of what has this to. Means? I think it has to, and you know, it, it was uh, when they t- tried to define pornography it's hard to define but if it doesn't feel right i think that is what it's going to be somewhat subjective i think if the individual felt uncomfortable then we may have a definition of harassment but what is going to make one person uncomfortable and another not is going to be really really unclear but but wait but 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 somebody could feel uncomfortable but the person who's making them feel uncomfortable could be oblivious to it. Correct. So they, that may not be their motivation. Well, I think that's what a lot of these people are who are coming out and trying to get in front of the scandal yep. that, that when they're named and they're coming out and saying, hey, listen, if somebody felt uncomfortable, I apologize, but my intent was not to make anyone feel uncomfortable. Right. So that's a lot of how they're trying to get out in front of this and apologize for it. Yep. And but, there's some there may be some truth to that, that where somebody didn't think that they were doing anything wrong but the victim did yeah who are we that we have put up with this for so long yeah who what who are we as a society so i've been completely ignorant to this i have to be honest with you um having been in business for 20 years being my own business i treat my staff my team as family not like family but they are family so to me it would be just bizarre beyond recognition to to uh even be in a situation like that yeah but you know that's my own understanding of the workplace right not having been in a large corporation or in a you know in a hotbed of toxic masculinity which is a which is a a phrase that i read recently that I've, i've never heard before toxic Masculinity, yeah, toxic masculinity, and that's and that's what we're seeing here, right? I mean, the Matt Lauer. I mean, we can continue on and on. Some of the the names that are coming to the forefront and what they've been doing is just obscene. Yeah, I, I just got a text from a very important person in my life, my eldest daughter. So Sophie has sent me a text all the way from Chicago. Uh-huh. Thanks for listening there in Chicago, Sophie. And she says, "Talk about something you know." 
talk about you know the psychiatric and psychological trauma and acknowledge that you don't know about harassment because of your privilege as a man and she's absolutely right because I, so we don't understand it because we're men well i i think because maybe we haven't been harassed, harassed in that way well I mean, you know let's talk about that because okay. there is there is harassment on the other side of things i mean we uh you know kevin spacey right I mean, he's a homosexual man who was harassing other men. Yeah. And those folks are coming to the forefront. Um, we're not immune to it, although I can imagine that there's a lot more going from man to female than female to, to man and, and man to man. But, but, but you know, I, I, I think that, you know, in residency, there, there's a certain power differential that happens, right. certainly. You know, some attendings... You know that the person in charge of the medical team can be really really brutal and cutting and put you down and i certainly know that they are sexually harassing some people whereas they're emotionally harassing other people and you know there is that distinction but i can tell you as a psychiatrist and sophie thanks for putting me back on track with this i see the folks who have been subjected to this harassment as patients, as patients. okay and i see you know what it is and 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 the dilemma that they are in and i wish i could you know it's it's convenient to say well i i can't do much about it because right. of my hipaa rule right um but i'm not going to hide behind that but let me let me just tell folks what what really happens from okay. from my understanding of having spoken with people who have been traumatized from workplace from sexual workplace sexual harassment, sexual harassment. okay Great. This can be a lifelong endeavor where right. somebody is, for the, for the next number of decades, can be trying to come to terms with what has really happened to them. You know, the anger, the sense of depression, the yeah. sense of despair, the sense of, of being powerless. And of all of those feelings, it's being the pow powerless that I think is the most devastating. Yeah. And this gets back to who we are as human beings, you know, the who we are, why we do what we do. We're not that far away from having evolved uh, from, from being these isolated animals, these little mammals. We, we have to be valued by other people in order to feel that we are safe. And, you know, this does get into, you know, the whole I am approach, right? Because yeah. That's, that's part of, of what the I am is, is saying, is that, you know, one of the domains, the I see domain, is how do I see myself, but how do I think other people see me? So what I get to learn about from these heroic people who are willing to come and chat with me about it is what it was like for them to be seen as a person who's not really a person anymore. A person who has lost that sense of value because somebody else is in a power position where they're going to exploit them. Yeah. Not necessarily even in a, a direct power position over them, but somebody in the office who rubs up against them when yeah. they don't want to be, yeah. who will say something provocative when they don't want something said to them. And in other words, their rights are being violated on a regular basis because somebody and is they saying... they don't think they can do anything about it. They haven't for a long time. Uh -huh. They I haven't. I think that's going to change. I hope so. I would have to imagine across the board, work environments are changing. And I think there's a lot of people walking on eggshells over the last 30 days as well who may have been close to the line 
of inappropriate behavior and are now standing guard thinking, oh my goodness, you know, hopefully what I was doing wasn't really impacting people the way I hope it wasn't. Well, again, right? So th- now we have to talk about, <clears throat> hey, Judith, your hair looks great today, right? And is that crossing the line or not? So that, I think, is um, something that we should probably talk about a little bit. There are some cases, Mark, that there's no question that this is something wrong, that this is right. a person who's been violated. So let me, let me get back to talking about you know, the long-term consequences of okay. post-traumatic stress. So first you have to understand what the stress response is. So in animals, when we are under stress, we secrete a chemical called cortisol. It is the stress hormone and it courses throughout our body and it does certain things. It's basically putting you in a position where you're going to run away yeah. from a saber-toothed tiger. So your, your blood pressure goes up because you're pumping blood to your heart and your lungs. You may feel sick to your stomach because that blood is coming from your stomach so that you know there's no point digesting lunch if you're going to be lunch. People have heard me say this. All these things under chronic stress conditions can cause type 2 diabetes. They can cause heart attacks. They cause high blood pressure, all these different things. And so that's what we find in folks who really you know, have post-traumatic stress. For decades, they can be subjected to this ongoing cortisol response. And years and years later, they have physical health problems, not just psychological health problems. They can be triggered by something that happens. So they see something that reminds them of a memory, and that's a trigger. Because remember, our brains are really good at remembering dangerous things, because that's the way we've been able to survive as a species for so long. So this stuff that we're hearing about now, do you think it's a coincidence that people are saying now, 30 years later, this is what that person did to me 30 years ago? And people say, oh, well, it was 30 years ago. Does it still have an effect? Right. Yes. From a, right. We know it has an effect. The research is clear. Look at look at Gray Vasia, who, who, who does the show right before us, you know, the veteran's voice. Yeah. They're talking about folks who have post-traumatic stress from war. Right. That can be that can last a lifetime. This is no different. This is a war that's happening in the workplace. Yes. People aren't looking at it. Now we're looking at it. I'm getting all these text messages from people. But it's but it's, so you know? am I. And it's funny because it's the same story, right? People are people are willing to text, but now they won't call. Well, that's right? interesting. Maybe it is the same and story. And it's the same kind of story why didn't these people speak up before but now they're speaking up that's what you're getting because i'm getting again from no man has come forward and apologized for misconduct without first getting caught no one has voluntarily apologized talk about that eggshells very different from actually looking at your own behavior she's right you know so why aren't people coming forward you don't come forward about something if you know you've done something wrong right Right? Unless that, you're caught. Unless you're caught. And that, that's also the IC domain. That's what theory of mind is about. We can't see someone's mind. We have to theorize and guess what they think or feel about us. And so we are not going to come out and say, I've done something wrong because we are afraid we're going to be judged. And in this case, I think people will judge. So let's, let's turn the tables. Let's, um, let's talk about the, the quote predator, right? Maybe okay. they don't think they did anything wrong. Well... We can certainly talk about that. And how about their I am? You know, everybody is to be valued and is doing the best that they can do right. at the time, the best version of themselves. Right. So what 
is going through their mind. That's right. And and that that is the toughest part about the I am. Remember, right. you don't have to like what someone does or condone it. You hold them responsible. But rather than judge it, we're going to try to understand why they're doing what they're doing. And this is the toughest part about the I am. How do you look again at somebody who has done something that anyone would say is criminal? Hey, we we have... Wow, I am so delighted. <laughs> Greg Brasso is on the line, the star of Veterans Voice. Greg, I am so glad you're calling in. What's on your mind? Well, Doctor, I, I listened to your show and I... I gained so much, but I had to. I wanted to share with you and the audience that 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 this sexual trauma exists in the military as well. And uh, I just put together a documentary that won Independent Film of the Year, and it was about sexual trauma in the military. And the title was "The Wounds We Cannot See." That is terrific, Greg. Tell tell us more about that, please. Well, the, the story is of a young lady in the Navy that was one of 13 women in a boat with 700 men. And the cruise did not go well. And her her problems uh, at sea with one of her, her buddies, her mates, that uh, was a complete shock and surprise drove her out of the Navy, but more importantly, drove her to the brink of suicide for the next 15 years. And she went through drug rehabilitation and this and that. Nothing worked until she got to the Brockton VA, met with some of the great women uh, counselors that are there. She got the treatment. She still has her moments, but she now has has had the strength to create this one-hour documentary that was recently pr- produced, and uh, she's an inspiration, but it happens in the military, and it's just, where do you go? She couldn't go to her superiors. Mm. You get branded as a outcast. Yep, yep. And, one, and once I told others, Joe, about this problem, it was amazing the number of other women veterans that immediately opened up to me. Immediately. Wow. I'm, I'm afraid of how bad it really is because it's their commanding officers. Yeah, that's right. And and you can't go above them. You can't go to them. You, and I've had some you know, beautiful, nice young lady. Uh, we just accepted it. We just went on every day. Yep, yep, whatever. Hmm. They just... And talk about having to blank something out, doctor. You know, I mean, bad enough you're in a, a combat situation. And who are the real enemies? Right. Well, Greg, you know, your work uh, and what you're doing for veterans is terrific, but it's it's not just about veterans, is it? It's saying to everyone, you have a voice, because we now have veterans not just of the war, but we have veterans of the workplace, people yep. who, are, who are being abused in the workplace as if they were at war. So, Greg, yeah. uh, can, you, can you give us the name of, of the, the documentary again for folks out there? Sure. Maybe how they can get to it? It's called The Wounds You Cannot See. The producer, his name is, and director, his name is Alexander Feld uh, uh, Freeman. And when I'm at the Red, Boston Red Sox home-based program, introduced me to Alexander as a, oh, as a challenged young movie producer. Little did I know that Alexander is so racked with cerebral palsy that he cannot 
take care of himself in the basic functions of life. Wow. He has a 24-hour caretaker, and he has produced 15 documentaries on social outcasts like himself. Hmm. And that's Alexander Freeman. Oh, what a what a ride it is working with him. But I introduced him to Nancy Ross, who was the young lady that had the problem. She's been on my show several times. Doctor, she'll be in ladies' night in two weeks. I'm going to introduce you to her. Oh, that's great, Greg. Hey, Greg, you, you got a terrific show. Thanks so much for calling in. And, folks, Greg Brasser, The Veteran's Voice, tune into it. it. It comes on right before Dr. Joe's show, 7 o'clock on Thursday nights. Greg, thanks for calling in. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks, Doctor, and keep up oh, the great work. And, okay. and it is also, uh, Tim just told me that, that that documentary is available on Amazon and YouTube as well. So, folks, please, yes. please take yes. it out. Check it out. Yes. You got it. You have. It's a little bit dark. Uh, I can. It's a little bit dark. I can, I can imagine. imagine it is. But but sometimes it's important to throw the light on the dark. Yeah. Yep. You know? It took 31 hours of uh, filming over six months wow. to get one hour of a documentary. It's terrific. Terrific. Well. Greg, we'll, we'll catch up with you next great. week. That's great, Doctor. We look forward to seeing you. Great. Thanks so much for calling in. Wow. Okay. Take care. Have okay. a good night. You too. Bye-bye. It's one thing to have a uh, middle manager having authority over you, but having a commanding officer over you, I, I can't even imagine the the, uh, the workforce. Yeah. Can you imagine what that must be like? Who cares if a few good guys go down for the cause? Because mm-hmm. I've seen that a little bit, too. What do you mean by that? You could so, down for the so a bunch of names have been brought to the forefront of... Uh, predators, if you will. We can call them predators, I think, uh, for what some of the um, actions that they were doing. But for the cause, for the awareness of sexual harassment, workforce um, struggles and powers and all of what we're talking about, and the demonization of men, if you will, who cares if a couple of people are accused innocently of this so long as the cause has been brought to the forefront you know it it, are people going to be wrongfully accused you know a career damaging accusations made public will there be dare i say the uh what's that uh, attorney's name all red the victim the victim's attorneys will there be people trying to cash in and create opportunities out of a situation like this and will people be hurt by that falsely well you know i i think we need to be cautious how we even approach that component because we don't want to undermine no of course know, the not. folks who are who the true victims but predators come in many forms don't they yeah right there are there predators that we're talking about the ones who have sexually harassed women or men or other people and then there are predators who are really saying, okay, I can make some money off of this. Right. It's also a predator. Right. And, you know, as we think about that phrase predator, it actually strikes in me, you know, again, this, this deep biological component. Uh, in, a, in a food change, there are really meant to be fewer predators than prey. Right. Right. That, that's always meant to be the way it is. But this is basically saying maybe not. Maybe there are way more predators than we ever, ever it sure, realized It certainly feels like that. 
It certainly you know, feels like it right now. That they're they're everywhere because it's it's coming to attention. You know, I I, I got a, a, an email from um, Mel Quine who uh, has worked in human resources. I just wanted to say that part of the things that she's talking about are what are the levels of this issue, and she says, and I'm just going to read off here the low level of harassment. It's not saying it's not harassment. The low level. Inappropriate comments that can make coworkers feel uncomfortable, and that happens. So know. this is what we were kind of talking about. At what point is there a threshold of harassment? Right? right. Is it subjective? Is it objective? Obviously, they've created an objective standard of a comment or what did what did she say? She said a comment that can make a coworker feel uncomfortable. Right. Right. So that might make someone uncomfortable and others not uncomfortable. Uh, it, though, right. It, it, so. it might not. That's right. And of course. You know that that alone can have to do with that person's own past and history. Correct. I've seen that a lot. That you know, a person can get triggered by a comment that for somebody else may feel innocent, but for them reminds them of stuff that happened to them when they were younger. And then the serious level, according to Mel, uh-huh. retaliation for rejection results in career damage and touching. So. You say, you know, I, I, I'm not interested in what yes. your, your advances to me, and then somebody can retaliate against that. And fire them. And fire them. Do something to, right. to really hurt them. And then the criminal level is is rape. Right. And assault. And, and that, of course, you know, we know is bad. And yet even that is what we're hearing. Even that has become... Uh, has gone undisclosed. Well, for what so about long. what about the the um, the folks that were complicit in this, right? Um, that knew and just turned away. You know, are they? Wait, wait, wait. So, couple, so, all right, so, we're, so, we jump and jump. No, 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 no. In terms of it's complicit, so the people who NBC. knew that somebody else was doing this and did nothing and about did it. Nothing. Yeah, that's that's a- NBC, for example. Right. Right. So I'm reading that Matt Lauer had a little button under his desk that would lock the door wow. in the studio. Jeez. So somebody installed that somebody that wasn't Matt Lauer. I, I'm pretty sure Matt Lauer didn't do that. Yeah. But he asked for it to be done. And I, I can't imagine that he could have given them a solid reason to have that built in that wouldn't garnish a bunch of questions. Right. Like why? Why do you need that? But why can't you? If you're if you're going to need privacy, why can't you stand up, walk to the door, and lock and the lock. door? Yeah, you need a quick button to. So it's that a, and an it's in, a industry, we have the complete opposite. We we have a panic button, where somebody is is potentially getting dangerous. We have a button, and the doors unlock, and gotcha. people can come in and and protect whoever uh, you know may be threatening them. Right, and the industry, the Hollywood industry. Yep. I mean, are we going to have a class action against Hollywood? I mean, this is something that seems to have gone on for a very long time. Right. And seems to be prolific in that industry. You the know, amount of people that just are being named daily since the, the Weinstein effect. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing to me. It is the floodgates opening. It's been going on and people are talking about it. The, the thing that, that Mel continues to say is... The media is treating all of these levels with some similarity, but should they be? I mean, right. there are some things, and again, it's not condoning any of them, but it's really saying, okay, where is where is the striation? Right, the difference between rape 
and an unwanted advance are quite different. That's right. And you don't want to desensitize those victims to make them equal to the victims of a unwanted advance or comment. Yeah. When there was a forceful rape, they're not equal in victimization. Well, a- again, the, the, you know, the, this the, is this is definitely going to be. But a, the uh, outcome can be okay. So 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 trauma can be trauma. So post traumatic stress disorder. Yes, we know that maybe there are degrees of the assault, but but the outcome can still be the same years and years later. Years yeah. and years later. So I, I have a question actually. Okay. And again, it kind of comes on this topic, right? So, so these aren't crimes per se. The sexual harassment might not be a crime. The unwanted touching, yes, it's a crime if right. it's if it's prosecuted. But for these folks that are doing these ungodly things in front of others, which a lot of the the um, the predators that have been listed uh, lately. And maybe we should just go through and name them publicly because that's my question. Is the public shame that is being put out there, is that enough of a punishment for some of these folks that are doing it? Because it's it's shameful, right? They're out there. Their families are all knowing about it. Do they care? Mm. People are stepping aside and, and some are being removed from studios. Some are being removed from television shows or news uh, shows. Some of them are taking a leave of absence but you know we're going to see a lot of these folks again hmm. i don't think kevin spacey's going anywhere i think he's going to take a a breather for a sabbatical for six months and you're going to see him on tv and movies again i i don't know i, I think i see i think that's that's what that's what society is going to have to decide you know very is, forgiving is the punishment this you know here you are, you're, you're out in the stockade for a little bit, and we will throw some eggs at you, yeah. and then later you'll, you'll, be fine. you'll be fine. Nobody's going to admit to this until they're caught. I've got another great comment from this person who is a scientist, science with Sophie, but what she is saying is, say it to the person you hurt. Right, that I agree with. You know what, say it to the person you hurt. Go up to them and say, I am sorry. Yes that I did this, yes. I was wrong. Yes. I was wrong. You are more valuable and than that. That. that, I imagine, is going to happen all over the country. And that's what I hope does. Folks, yeah. this has been an incredible show. Thank you so much. Everybody who called in who's been listening, The Dr. Joe Show, we will be back next week with a really incredible really show. Really cool show. Something completely different, but it's about football. The future of the game. The future Where of football. Where is it going? Well, we got some great guests, too, so tune on in. Next week.